three times, be strong and of good courage. God making sure that Joshua understands his command, God repeats himself. Maybe you've had God repeat himself to you. I have to me. We have four Gospels in the New Testament. Many times the same events in the ministries of Jesus are repeated in each of the Gospels. But they have a little bit different spin because there's four different people writing the Gospels. But repetition is a great teacher. Many times it's a necessary teacher in our lives. We just had our children's Christmas program, and watching our children uh, practice and repeat their lines and uh, repetition was emphasized over and over again. And I had one small part in the Christmas play, And I had to turn to Sadie and ask her, is it time for me to pray? Because I hadn't been there <laughs> to practice and to, to, to know my lines. And Nilsa forgot who she was working with. She, she did okay with the kids. It was the pastor that troubled her. <laughs> but the kids did great. And the more the kids rehearsed, the more they repeated their lines, the more it became part of them. And it was a good program. And God is telling Joshua three times, be strong and of good courage. Have you ever had God take you through the same kind of uh, trial repeatedly? Years ago, the Lord was teaching me money management. You ever have the Lord take you through financial situations? Getting into debt is real easy. Getting out of debt can be painful. But these were necessary lessons that the Lord needed to establish in my life. And I found myself repeating, going through the same trials about not being a debtor. Hopefully I learned that lesson well. The Lord has blessed me. God did not tell Joshua... Joshua, I want you to be wise, and I want you to be cunning in conquering Canaan. No, he told him, be strong and of good courage. And many times, wisdom is found in the most simple of principles. Be strong and of good courage. That will help any believer conquer strongholds that come against us where we're to use faith, be strong, be of good courage. A great lesson for us. So let's pick up Joshua chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 10 and go through 18. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving to you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the words which Moses, the servant of God, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land 
your wives, your little ones, and all your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord has given you your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan towards the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do, and, wh and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. And then they have a word for Joshua. Only be strong and of good courage. Obviously, this is a word that Joshua needed to rely upon as he will lead the children of Israel. But Joshua was told three days, and we're going to cross the Jordan because God is giving us the land. However, the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh, they want their portion of inheritance on the eastern side of the Jordan, which was good grazing land for their livestock. And they were mostly uh, into livestock. Joshua allows these three tribes to have their inheritance, but they are to help drive out the inhabitants of Canaan. They're to help their brethren, their other tribes. So let's read chapter 2, 1 through 11, and it's, uh, you could call this the Rahab chapter. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So that they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out our country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came to them, up to them on the roof, and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you, 
For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. We have here the details of Joshua getting ready to go into Canaan. Joshua, he sends out two spies and they're to look over Jericho, the city right there by the Jordan, and, and how to possibly take the city. Jericho, it's a well-fortified, high, thick, walled city. Some later uh, archaeological digs have discovered that perhaps there were two thick walls that surrounded Jericho. But these spies, they find Rahab. Rahab the harlot. And you know what it means there? Harlot. And they stayed at her brothel. They lodged there at the brothel. And word reaches the king of Jericho, and we have the plot thickened. The king questions Rahab concerning the two spies. But Rahab, the harlot, she lies to the king. O king, the men left, but in truth Rahab hides them on her roof among the flax. But before nightfall, Rahab makes a confession in verses 9 through 11. And it's interesting what her confession is. We have heard how God dried up the Red Sea. Word had reached Jericho what had happened to the Red Sea. We have heard what Israel did to Sihon and Og, king of the Ammonites. And all of us in Jericho, when we heard these things, our hearts melted. Another way of just saying that they were so afraid of the Israelites. And they realized that God had given you this land. That's a confession of facts. Now we have a confession of faith by Rahab. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. That's an interesting confession. For anyone to receive salvation, they must recognize who God is. Rahab, maybe she doesn't fully understand, but salvation has came to her in that moment where she makes confession. And she really understands that the God of Israel is the true and living God and that she must align herself with God. In Romans chapter 10, 9 through 13, let me just read how salvation comes to a person. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Rahab has made her confession. Now let's read verses 12 through 24. Now therefore I beg you to swear to me the Lord's, 
by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you tells this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterwards, you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we will be guiltless. And whoever is, is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid upon him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in her window. They departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and crossed over, and they came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. <clears throat> Rahab has began what we call her life negotiations. <laughs> Since I've shown you kindness, you show me kindness. And give me a sign, give me a pledge that you will spare my life, my parents' lives, and my siblings, their lives. It appears this brothel that Rahab is in charge of is a family business. Now, it wasn't just for prostitution. It was like an inn also. And in verse 14, the two spies, they reply, our lives for yours, but only if you keep secret the mission that we're on. So we have a deal being struck. Rahab lowers the spies down to the ground from her window on the wall, and she tells them, go hide in the mountains three days until your pursuers return. And here's the sign, the token. Rahab is to tie a red cord, a scarlet rope, in her window. Unless this red rope is in your window and your family is in your house, when we return to take the city, unless this rope is hanging in your window, we are not responsible to spare you. Do you understand Rahab? And she does.
Rahab promptly hangs a scarlet rope, a scarlet cord in her window. Isn't it amazing? Today, the scarlet color is a sign of a red light district or where prostitution is available. The, dis the spies depart. They tell Joshua all that went on with Rahab. And these unnamed spies, we don't read who they are, they say, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. And the people, they're faint-hearted because of us. They are not of good courage. Another way to encourage Joshua to be of good courage. So we have this woman, a harlot, showing kindness to Israeli spies, and she confesses the lordship of God. She even lies to the king of Jericho about the spies. So, here we have Rahab, a harlot and a liar. And that stumbles many Christians about the character of Rahab. Man's opinion of Rahab can be very critical. They often say, you can't be a Christian and do the things that Rahab did. Or can you? Did God instantly clean you up when you were converted? He changes us, that's for sure. But there was a lot of bad habits that lingered in my life, and God began to work with them. And that's how he did with Rahab. He worked with her. But let's look at what God has to say about Rahab in the New Testament, what his word has to say about her. And we turn to Hebrews 11. And it's known as the Hall of Faith of the New Testament. Let me draw your attention to who is not mentioned in Hebrews 11. Isaiah the prophet, not mentioned. No Jeremiah. No Daniel. No Elijah. But yet these men were all great prophets of God. Let me read you two verses out of Hebrews 11, verses 30 and 31. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, was spared. She did not perish with the city of Jericho or with the unbelievers that occupied Jericho. Uh, and we have this verification in Scripture of Rahab being a believing woman of faith. She didn't die. She wasn't killed there in Jericho. This is proof of her faith in God. 
Hebrews 11 validates Rahab's faith. So all the critics who would have written Rahab off, they have to confess they cannot deny her salvation because she's there in Hebrews chapter 11. And the grace of God, it troubles a lot of what we call legalistic Christians. Their doctrine is, you know, is pretty stringent. They don't allow for sins or mishaps of character. But James, in chapter 2, he has something also to say about Rahab. And James is going to talk about how faith without works, it's dead. Faith that does not have works is not faith. James cites Abraham and how he was justified by works of faith when Abraham offered his son Isaac on the altar of sacrifice. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And then verse 25 of James 2, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Rahab the harlot receives the greatest honor of faith because she's being compared to the man of faith of the Old Testament, Abraham. Just like Abraham, Rahab has been justified by works of faith. Rahab is known in Scripture as the woman of faith of Jericho. Her faith saved not only her, but her family. And what an encouragement she is to us as believers to have faith and to demonstrate that faith by works. It's not enough to say that we're God's people. We must demonstrate faith in our lives. As James declares, our faith is dead without works. Now, if you truly realize that, and if it's really come home to you, and it's it's there within you, we should be stumbling over one another trying to show our works of faith to the world. We really should, especially to fellow Christians. Do works that demonstrate faith. There are many people in the Old Testament of questionable character but I have trouble with one in particular, Lot. Lot, Abraham's nephew. To me, he's a despicable character, and he is for a lot of people. But you know what Peter says of Lot? Lot was righteous, and he was oppressed with the filthy conduct of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
the same lot that chose the better land, the same lot that wanted to go live on the outskirts of Sodom and Gomorrah, Peter says he was righteous. Peter's looking at Lot through the eyes of grace. Rahab, her heart was towards God, the God of the Hebrews. He is God. A classic example of how we are not to judge the heart of others, even liars and harlots. We're not allowed to judge them, not the heart. So we get to contrast the opinion of God towards Rahab versus what legalistic views of Rahab would be. Rahab, she's a classic example of God looking upon the heart that man cannot see. God honors Rahab. He lists her name in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith chapter. And not only that, there's one last scripture that really sets Rahab apart. Matthew 1.5, where it lists the lineage of Christ, and it says, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Rahab has the greatest of honors being in the lineage of Christ himself. What an honor. A lady that was looked upon as a liar and a harlot in the lineage of our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand.